Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey! They're off and it is on! And betting line has taken the lead. Choo choo! Boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened! That just happened! Another edition of First Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Rosich along with Mike Carter. We have got an outstanding show for you this afternoon. We've got the, a lot of different previews that are going to take place on the show here today from the Virginia Equine Alliance. Our good friend Greg Trotto is going to join us here in just a few minutes. And Mike Shenandoah Downs is a place that you are very familiar with. Yeah, definitely. I called the fair there uh, for five years straight. Uh, this was the first year I was not able to attend the fair. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, it's a lot different than the five across that it used to be. It's now eight across, and the Coon Brothers did a fantastic job uh, building that racetrack up. And uh, I, I want to get out there for some paramutual ra- racing. I know you'll be out there during week one. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, they get an outstanding crowd. They had an outstanding crowd for the fair last week, and they get a really, really good crowd. Uh, at least they did in the first year of their parent mutual meet. This is their second year, and Greg Toronto is going to tell us about some of the uh, happenings that are going to be occurring at the Woodstock Oval. Plus, a big card coming up. Mike Carter on Saturday at Mohawk, and our good friend Mark McKelvey is going to join us to break it down. There'll be some great, great horses uh, competing coming up on Saturday at Mohawk, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Some great uh, great races, including the Canadian Trotting Classic and the Maple Leaf Trot. It's a big trotting program, Mike. It's almost uh, kind of like Hamiltonian Day here in the U.S. over there, and uh, some big trotting races with some big, name, uh, big names in, the, uh, in those fields. That's right. And, of course, our Inside Handicapping Series, a segment that we started last week with the natural Rich Matei. We'll continue this week. This time we're going to get inside of the head of uh, perhaps one of the best Canadian handicappers of all time, Mike, honestly. Garnett Barnsdale, he uh, writes for the DRF. He's also part of the Post Time with Mike and Mike team. He submits his picks to the daily racing form as well uh, for Mohawk and uh, some other Canadian racetracks. And I got to tell you, Garnett is usually spot on. You're never going to be too, too far off on your wagers if you follow Garnett's picks in DRF, and Garnett will uh, be joining us today. Plus, Mike, our man, Gabe Pruitt, our guy. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Kentucky Sires things. Uh, coming up over the next couple of days as that is uh, starting to get hot and heavy uh, down in Lexington, Kentucky. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, his Dodgers are really on a super skid. 
Yeah, not like my Indians who have won 21 straight. That's for sure. And we're gonna have to listen. We're gonna we're gonna have to give when he, when he comes on the show. We're gonna have to give him a little bit of crap. I'm gonna ask him how the last uh, 21 days have been for him. But uh, no, the Dodgers are on a little bit of a skid. But what about your Cubs? Listen, man, the Cubs are uh, gonna have to do some work to uh, regain the playoff status. Yeah, they got a lot of work ahead of them. Uh, maybe this year isn't the year. But listen, we got the monkey off our back. We got the World Series last year. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, as long as we get one World Series in our lifetime, something that I didn't know I was going to see in my lifetime, then uh, that's all good. We could, It makes the clunker years a little easier to think. Plus, our man Darren Gagne hey. is going to join us. As always, it is the continuing series on Running Aces. Our man Darren does a great job up there. And their uh, season, Mike, is getting ready to – to come to a close. Yeah, running aces season getting ready to come to a close. Mike, they had that big pick five payout uh, just a few short weeks ago. Uh, they were going to do a mandatory payout. They don't believe in holding the wager, and somebody took it down. So uh, wow. congratulations to whomever that was took down their big pick five sequence as they get ready to close. And Mike, we're coming up on uh, some big races. We're also coming up on some live remotes. Uh, we've got a live remote coming up next Friday at Hoosier Park. But before that, Mike, we're going to uh, have a little bit of a jug party. We haven't decided if it's going to be a pre- or post-party yet. But how about Fear the Dragon qualifying well at Hoosier Park yesterday? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the Little Brown Jug is always, Mike, a special, special time of the year. And uh, it's good to see Fear the Dragon back because uh, last time we saw Fear the Dragon, he scratched out of here in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes uh, going for $250,000. And my common sense tells you that if you scratch a horse out of a $250,000 race, that uh, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, uh, there is, is something wrong. So it was good to see the dragon back and qualifying well and uh, we certainly look forward to seeing him also yesterday mike uh our good friends at hoosier park had a pretty nice race the nadia lobel and how about blazing britches how good is she as a matter of fact she cracked the top 10 in the hamiltonian society poll mike and and uh, i think she kind of earned that yesterday yeah, I completely agree. I actually threw uh, Blazing Bridges into my top ten uh, poll. Uh, I don't know how many people know, but me and you are both eligible to vote in that. And uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. She really earned her stripes yesterday. Of course, Agent Q made a break in front of a horse that Rich Mate really liked, uh, Inverns, or Inversense Hanover. And uh, I'll tell you what. Blazing Bridges coming down the stretch had a powerful, powerful punch. And, Mike, uh, you got to see uh, a potential Jughead contender this week in Ella Christina. I'll tell you what, how powerful of a punch was that down the stretch? She looked good. I mean, she sat pocket behind Caviar Alley, and Caviar Alley last week rolled on the front end of the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship. And uh, it's kind of set up for it again. It looked like Caviar Alley was going to roll, and then Ella Christina, who took the lead, yielded uh, to the, for pocket position right at the eighth pole. She got that passing lane, and she drew off willingly. And Tim Tietrich had a handful on Ella Christina, who won in uh, sub-52 going away. So congratulations to those connections as she makes her way to the Jugget. Let's get this party started, Mike. We've got Greg Trotto on the flip side of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. 
The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mark McKelvey, Game Pruitt, Garnett Barnsdale, Darren Gagne, all in the on deck circle. But first, let's bring in Greg Trotto from the Virginia Equine Alliance, uh, getting ready for a big weekend of your own, aren't you, Greg? Yeah, we're really excited. Last year was our. Uh... Our first year at the new venue at, at the at the Shenandoah Fairgrounds. Uh, so now we're calling our racetrack Shenandoah Downs. Now is our new name. Uh, so you might find us under the Woodstock, Virginia, uh, as far as entries and results are. Uh, but we're excited. We did a couple new things this year. We expanded the crow's nest. Uh, we're live streaming to our website. Uh, we've got more horses entered this year than we ever had last year. We had 260 entries just for the first weekend. Um, mostly full fields already on Saturday. We're we're excited and ready to go. Tell us a little bit about what you got coming up. I know you guys uh, weekend after weekend are just stocked full of promotions, great promotions, hops and hoops, uh, craft beer and chili festival. You name it, you guys got it. Yeah, we try to do uh, w- with in conjunction with the fair. They kind of run the outside of the, the fence, and we're inside the fence. Uh, outside the fence, they're outside the, the grandstand. They try to make it uh, a different kind of food festival each week. So I know we have a seafood food festival, barbecue food festival. Each week, there's something different for people to come and enjoy, enjoy the races and get some good food. Uh, the races are free. Uh, some of the promotions, as far as the food, you got to pay for, but uh, attendance and parking is free to the races, and uh, we're excited. We, we we expect we're hoping for some good weather and uh, and ready to ready to race. Greg, talk about a full entry box of 260 entries. Obviously, Ocean Downs uh, coming to a close. Uh, Rosecroft will be coming to a start soon. And live streaming to your website, uh, what all went into uh, that decision to start live streaming the races? And I believe now you could also wager at the off-track sites in uh, Richmond. Is that correct? That's true. We wanted to. Uh, we didn't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. So last year. Uh, we weren't able to live stream because of some technical issues, and we need to lay some new cable this year. So we made sure we got that done early, uh, and we want to kind of ramp it up slowly. We want to—we don't want to go too fast for ourselves. So we decided to live stream this year on the website and send it out just to OTBs. And next year, we're hoping to to have a signal that people want to buy and be able to send it out next year. That's—that's that's the goal. We're trying to take one step at a time. Greg, tell us a little bit about the uh, the state of Virginia harness racing. I know that uh, obviously you go a couple of years back now, and of course uh, you guys were racing at Colonial Downs. That didn't quite work out, so uh, you guys were kind of uh, back and forth. I, it, it escapes me the name of the place that you guys raced before Shenandoah Downs. It was a mile track somewhere. What was that place called? 
That was Oak Ridge. Um, Oak Ridge, the that's The track right. was a nice mile. Yeah, it was nice to have a mile track, but that was really kind of far away from the people. Uh, we're at Woodstock. We're drawing from – we're close enough to D.C. Even We're only an hour or so from D.C., and uh, we're drawing people from there. And then south of us, you've got two or three universities, and we're trying to draw a younger crowd from there, like James Madison or Virginia Tech. And uh, there's some other schools down there, Shenandoah University. Um so we're trying to draw a little bit younger crowd. Um, got a lot of people that are kind of new to this. I mean, the majority of our betting last year, which we averaged $10,000 a day, a live handle on track, which we were really pretty happy with. Most of it's win places show wagering because they're all new way, they're all new patrons and they're new to this. Uh, so we're hoping as we grow, they, they grow in their knowledge of how to, how to bet and hopefully keep growing the handle and send a signal out next year when we have a, a really good product to send as we get full fields it's going to be a lot easier to sell that signal and once again this is strictly uh harness racing no aid from expanded gaming even though states around you guys uh certainly uh, have the luxury of having expanded gaming and, and believe me it is it is quite a luxury to be able to rely on those uh, slot machines but uh how do you how do you guys compete how do you f- find a way to compete against uh, some of the states that uh, have the expanded gaming well, I think what we've got a little bit of a niche, and we're trying to find a spot, a pocket there. Like, like this year, um, we're kind of in between Ocean Downs and Rosecroft. Uh, running Aces in Minnesota's coming to a close. Titus is coming to a close. So Virginia has always been a place where some of the some of the Maryland people and even some Delaware people would come race, uh, and a lot of people who were racing out in the Midwest or Tioga would come down and, and stay at Colonial for a few weeks. We used to be open for seven weeks, I think, at Colonial. They'd come catch us for a while on their way south. Um, so it was a good landing spot, good place to race, a nice area. Uh, we are racing on a half-mile track now, but we had that refurbished last year by the Coon Brothers. And uh, we've got a top-notch service. Last year, for the first year of ever having a racetrack, a, a brand-new racing surface, and set a mark i believe of 52 and one so we got a we got a nice service which helps and we we have a friendly atmosphere people enjoy it when they come here everybody that i talked to last year that came to the races saying this is great i can't wait to come back because it's got a, it's a paramutual track but it's got a fair feel to it so it's uh, a little more casual i would say but but serious at the same time yeah, Greg, it's kind of funny that you say that because you can almost compare the Shenandoah Downs meet to the fair meet at the Little Brown Jug. Uh, obviously, you don't have the Little Brown Jug or the Jug yet, but you still have some pretty big championship races. you got some great uh, underlying uh, card races as well. And, you know, it has the outdoor feel, and it has the ability, uh, especially with some of the brew festivals and the beer festivals, wine and trotter festival, to really uh, aim at a younger and uh, potentially new group of uh, people. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's going to be part of our, our promotional plan is to try to do that. Um, you know, like I said, we have some good races. I'll tell you, this week looking at the card, I, I'm racing one, and and I'm looking through the card. I was like, there's a lot of good horses. We have a lot. Our our level of horses that we drew this year compared to last year has, has stepped up dramatically. There's a lot of good horses in Saturday. Um, and I think that's a product of word of mouth, how, how well we treated people last year and, and how much fun people had and, and knowing that we're, we're serious about what we're doing, we do the right thing. And I tell you that, you know, you talk about the little brown jug and, and it's unbelievable to sit in the crowd. I brought my wife last year and we were sitting in the crowd watching races one of the days that didn't race and 
the people are cheering when the horses come on the track. They cheer at the start. They cheer at the half. They cheer at the finish. It was. She goes, man, I've never been to a track where they did that. It was, so it was. That's that's the kind of crowd we're drawing, and they're they're enjoying themselves, which is a good sign. All right, well, Greg, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, if anybody wants to go out and catch some live racing action at Shenandoah Downs, where are you guys located? What day is your race, and what time? Uh, we start this weekend, the 16th and 17th. Post time is one o'clock. We race for five consecutive weekends, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we're right off of 81, um, right about uh, probably 40, 30, 30, 40 miles south of Washington D.C. Uh, it's it's easy to get to. It's all highway driving. We're literally right off the highway. The track is right position. You can see it from the highways you're driving towards it. So, but right off of 81 in uh, Woodstock, Virginia. All right, good stuff, Greg. Well, listen, we're excited about it, and we'll see you Saturday, my friend. All right, thank you. See you then. Bye. All right, that was Greg Trotto from the Virginia Equine Alliance. And, Mike, i got to tell you, for the second straight year, I'll have the privilege of uh, calling the opening day at uh, Shenandoah. And I'll tell you what, they have really done a great job. The track surface, Mike, is unbelievable. They've done a heck of a job there. And uh, it's really, like you mentioned, really good racing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for you know, for half mile racing, it's uh, very good. He mentioned how fast the track was last year, and I remember Tara Hines bringing in the blink of an eye there last year, and uh, he went in like 57. It was just unheard of, uh, just how fast that racetrack was. And I am super excited uh, for everything they've got coming up. All right, our show will continue in just a moment with Mark McKelvey from Mohawk. Mohawk has a huge card coming up on Saturday, and we'll break it down for you after this on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as racing resumes on Friday, September 8th for two weekends of live harness racing action. Then Thoroughbred Racing begins on Friday, October 6th, 2017 and runs through November 11th, 2017. Then harness racing will resume on Friday, November 17th and run through the end of the year. For more information, simulcast schedule and more, visit PlayMeadowlands.com. with Mike and Mike presented by Ben America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now, and we can call him this, fellow announcer, Mark McKelvey. What's going on, Mark? I'm doing pretty well, guys. How are you? 
Not too bad. Well, Mark, you guys have a stellar, stellar program coming up on Saturday, uh, which features the Canadian Trotting Classic, the Maple Leaf Trot, and also uh, a race that presented a uh, unique opportunity for world champion rock and roll Hanover, the Metro Eliminations, coming up on Saturday. But before we dive into the program, uh, talk to us a little bit about what's going on and uh, promotion. Yeah, it's a big night coming up for us for sure. We got over uh, $2 million in purses on the line, and uh, we find that uh, this stretch is, uh, I think, arguably the best stretch of racing that we have. Um, you know, it goes back to a couple weekends ago on the Labor Day weekend when we had the Canadian Pacing Derby. We had a big night then. Uh, the wagering was really strong. It's been really strong the last few weekends, so you can expect there's going to be some pretty big pools. All our regular guarantees when it comes to the uh, to our multi-leg wagers coming up on Saturday. We've got our uh, $50,000 uh, guaranteed um, pick five or early pick four which starts in race four and then we've also got the uh, $40,000 guaranteed pick five which starts in race number one on track um, any you know you can expect all the usuals that you get when you come out to Mohawk racetrack we'll have a good atmosphere barbecues will be going there'll be some uh, live music and uh, plenty of uh, giveaways and also uh, first bets uh, if you show up and sign up you can get a free two dollar wager to get you rolling for the night Mark, the stakes-laden program begins in race number three. It's the Elegant Image Final going for a purse of $385,000. And how good has Ariana G been as of late? Or is going to be uh, a pretty big favorite, uh, one to two on the morning line, but is uh, four to one for Dream Together just to the inside. Uh, it looks like these two could probably duke it out pretty, uh, pretty well. I would think so. I mean, Ariana G, her resume speaks for itself. And the way she's raced the last couple of weeks, uh, it's pretty tough to imagine that she'll get beat in this spot. But, of course, anything can happen when you're going for a pretty good uh, size purse. But, you know, two starts back when she won the Simcoe, she kind of got confronted at the top of the stretch by a couple of fillies. And, basically, Yannick Gingra just gave her a little bit of urging, let her, let her trot on, and she just kind of held them at bay and really didn't look like she broke much of a sweat getting that done. And then last week... Um, she was huge, and, and Yannick Gingra was quoted as saying she was vicious. So um, when she won by almost five lengths in her elimination and she made it look as easy as possible, uh, it's pretty scary to think uh, how easy she's, she's doing it right now. And, um, and if you're the nine others in, in that field and you're their connections, uh, you probably think you're racing for second place. But you mentioned Dream Together, and Luke Blaze Stable has had a, a really, really good year. And he's teaming up with uh, Daniel Dubé and Dubé drove Dream Together in the Hamiltonian Oaks, and he said last week that uh, that race really didn't work out. The trip didn't work out uh, kind of how he envisioned, and I think he was kind of chomping at the bit to get another chance to drive this filly, and last week she raced really well, won by two lengths uh, in 53-3, and and she trotted home really strong. So, of course, when you win your eliminations here, you get to pick your posts. So three and four for Dream Together and Ariana G, which means uh, you can expect they're probably both going to get situated pretty well, and uh, it should be a pretty good race. Mark, race five is the Canadian Trotting Classic going for just under $700,000. And this is wide open. A lot of familiar names from Hambo Day, including uh, What the Hill. I don't think anybody's going to forget What the Hill's name. <laughs> International money. Of course, Long Tom, Bills, Man, Dover, Dan. Uh, this race is stacked full of a lot of talented trotters and can go many different ways. It certainly could. And uh, when you talk about this group of uh, three-year-old trotting colts, uh, Without Walner there, it's just kind of it's pretty wide open, and uh, that's why I think this is going to be a really, really good race on Saturday night. Probably the reason that uh, it's been put in race number five. Um, you might think that's a little earlier on the card, but uh, with it situated in race five, that means it'll be a part of our uh, pick five and our pick early pick four. So 
this is a really good race that I think uh, you can make a case for pretty much almost everyone in here. Uh, obviously, John Boot and Shane's trainees, uh, they raced really well last week, winning both eliminations, Bill's man and, and Dover Dan. Dover Dan won his elimination almost a full second faster than Bill's man, but Corey Callahan, he's sticking with Bill's man. He thinks he's the, the quicker of the two overall and maybe has a little more talent. So Brett Miller, talk about uh, coming into a really nice situation. He picks up the drive on Dover Dan this week, but um, normally I would think if you swept the eliminations, you got to feel pretty good about your chances going into the final, and I'm, I'm sure John Budenchain feels really good, but at the same time, this is a pretty wide open race. Uh, you know, international money, he drew post position number five, finished third uh, in his elimination. Um, the Frank Antonacci trainee has had a lot of success uh, here at Mohawk this season. He won the good times back on North America Cup night. He won the Simcoe Stakes uh, a week before the Trotting Classic elimination. So I think he'll be a really big factor. He's the horse I'm going to lean towards, and uh, we'll see if uh, Scott Zeon can get him to the wire first. Uh, he's 3-1 to one morning line, so I expect, though, you're probably going to get right around that with him. Mark, the next race coming up on your state plate-in program is the Milton Final. It features Lady Shadow, who draws the inside uh, this week. Pure Country is in this field. This is another stacked field. You've got L.A. Delight, Darlin' on the Beach, uh, Blue Moon Stride, Sam Between Your Toes, another wide-open stakes race for a very big purse structure. Yeah, you definitely would say a wide open after the way Lady Shadow raced last week. Obviously, she's been almost unstoppable, and she finished fifth in her elimination, uh, got to the front but never really looked comfortable and ended up uh, hanging on to finish fifth. I really didn't think she was going to make the final, but somehow she was able to dig in and showed a bit of uh, class there to get into the final and, and then draws the rail. So, you know, the rail's not the greatest spot overall, but at least uh, it could have been a lot worse for her. Um, pure country, you mentioned, she's won three in a row, and... Um, Wow, she ever looked uh, looked amazing, I think, in her last three starts. Uh, it's amazing how uh, later on in their four-year-old season, these, uh, these four-year-olds really begin to step up and really begin to make an impact in the older ranks. Uh, Pure Country started her season 0 for 6, and now she's won three in a row. And ever since Mark McDonald's ended up uh, sitting behind her, they've uh, developed some pretty good chemistry. And I think she's the horse to beat in here. There's uh, obviously a lot of talented mares, but I think Pure Country right now, the way she's racing, I think she's the one to beat. Uh, you mentioned L.A. Delight, and I kind of touted her on uh, on Twitter last week, right before the uh, Milton elimination. Um, L.A. Delight, she's 0 for 5 this season, but again, kind of got... Uh, her four-year-old season rolling a little later than some. She didn't come out until about July, and I thought she's raced really well. She's been racing in some overnights uh, at Mohawk. Uh, the Milton was her first stakes engagement of her four-year-old season, and she closed really well, 27-2, and two, to come up just a length short behind Pure Country. And I was just watching the way she raced, and coming into that uh, start last week, she was finishing all her miles really strong, and uh, I think Ellie uh, Delight's got a really good shot to step up and uh, be a, a strong contender in this Milton final. But obviously there's so many good good mares in here. So, again, a really, really nice race. And um, when uh, all these races come together, just how you, you envision beforehand, it uh, really makes for an exciting night, and you get pretty excited about it. Mark, the Maple Leaf Trot is race number nine. It's going for a purse of $593,000, and it features the big mare, Hannah Lore Hanover. And talk about the dominance that she's had uh, just this year. She's only uh, missed the board uh, one time so far this season. Homicide Hunter is another big horse that's in here, along with Musical Rhythm and Odds on Amethyst. But another kind of interesting face is Pasathea Face uh, to the inside of Hanalore Hanover. 
Yeah, I think the the storyline in this race is the mares, um, especially after the eliminations when neither Resolve or Marion Rotter were, were able to qualify for the final. That obviously shook things up big time and uh, I think really opens the door here. I think this is Hanover, Hanover's race to, to win or lose. Uh, she finished second in last year's uh, Maple Leaf Trot and uh came second to resolve so she won't have to overcome him uh this saturday and she starts from post position number five she looked really good in her elimination winning by a little more than two lengths and there's something about mohawk and hanalor hanover she just loves the uh, racing surface i think she's uh eight for nine in her career at mohawk with her only loss coming in last year's maple leaf trot and it was a huge effort by her so she really loves racing at mohawk i think she has all the tools obviously we've seen it over the last two seasons to, to capture this and beat the boys but you mentioned uh passacy of face and uh, obviously we didn't know too much about her when she came over to north america this summer but uh the performances she's had obviously have been uh have been really really good uh, you know she finished fifth in her elimination but that was her first time taking on the boys and she got away seventh uh, in a field of seven so she tried to close and obviously a lot of them are going to close in an elimination like that but i think she definitely has a really good shot starts from post position number three you've got tim teatrick in the bike he's won the maple leaf trot before you got jimmy tactor uh his <laughs> the name tactor just speaks for itself so i think she'll definitely be a factor and i think the mayors are going to be the the ones to decide this but uh, again there's a lot of uh good older trotters in here and some that i think will be handled pretty aggressively you know jl cruz was driven uh, uh really aggressively by david miller in his elimination he shot out to the early lead and after he uh kind of ended up letting uh, a trotter clear in the second quarter he was pulled on the right line and circled right back around to take the lead at the half so uh jl cruz was handled aggressively i would expect that again this week and uh he's already pulled off one big upset in a, in a big race this year that was back in the spirit of massachusetts trot so I think J.L. Cruz is one to keep an eye on. And another horse that I would like to point out is uh, Winsun Revenge, who is a local trotter who's got a ton of speed. He finished second in his elimination. He's trained by Jeff Durham. Rick Zeron's in the sulky. He finished second in his elimination after uh, cutting it on the front and uh, hanging up some pretty strong fractions. And you know what? I think here's a trotter that uh, this is the race he's been pointed towards by his connections. They're going to want to take their best shot. He starts from the rail, and I think uh, he'll be in the mix. All right, so a big day coming up Saturday at Mohawk, a big night, I should say, 7.30. That's this Saturday at Grain Stakes Program. And once again, Mark, uh, for those gamblers out there that uh, want to take a shot, uh, what are some of the multi-race wages again? When do they start? Yeah, of course, uh, we've got our pick five, which uh, the pools have been really strong. We're racing five nights a week, and uh, every night your pick five pool uh, seems to be up around the 70000 mark, if not a little bit higher. It starts in race number one, and then we've got our early pick four, $50,000 guarantee. It starts in race number four. We've also got a late pick four. No guarantee on that, but you can expect a really good pool size on Saturday night. It'll start in race number eight. And then our jackpot high five, the carryover, uh, is just continues to skyrocket. Uh, the carryover around half a million dollars, and that'll be in race number 12. And we'll see if that carryover can continue to develop. And hopefully down the road we'll be set up to have a, a really big mandatory payout night. All right. Well, Mark, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Looking forward to the big night Saturday. All right. Thank you very much, guys. That was Mark McKelvey from Mohawk. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, that is a fantastic card coming up on Saturday. Of course, the Maple Leaf trot going for a purse of nearly $600,000. And uh, I'm thinking Pasithea face. That's going to be my pick. Who do you like? 
you know, that's going to be an interest, very interesting race. I wasn't too big of a fan of how Hanalore Hanover raced last week, so I think uh, Pasathea Faith is uh, probably the way to go. But I know Garnett had a bomb last week win, and uh, who knows, maybe he'll provide that as the uh, selection here this week. Absolutely. We'll have to talk to him about that here. And he's coming up at about 11.15 or so. Game Pro is going to join us here in just a few minutes, as well as our man Darren Gagne, the running aces segment. Their meet is coming to a close pretty quickly. But, uh, Mike, before we get into Game Pruitt, and before we talk some Kentucky Sire Stakes action, we do want to remind everybody that the newest feature on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, is our Handicappers Corner. Mike, we've got some uh, very good handicappers, maybe minus one, of course, and that's myself, but some very good maybe handicappers. <laughs> well, that's why we had to bring some experts aboard. That's why we had to bring our, our good buddy Gold Sheep Bob and uh, uh, Rich Matei aboard, but uh, for analysis on Saturday's card at Mohawk, you can uh, check posttimewithmikeandmike.com because that'll be up perhaps sometime tomorrow, huh, Mike? Yeah, it'll be sometime tomorrow, probably around 9 o'clock or so. Uh, we, I'm going to uh, work on those selections uh, this week, or excuse me, this week, coming up on Saturday. I'm actually going to be handicapping Mohawk until Western Fair opens up, Mike. We're going to have Northfield, Harris, Philadelphia, uh, the Meadowlands, Mammoth at the Meadowlands, and... Bohawk slash Western Fair. So uh, some pretty big cards coming up. Absolutely. And of course, we'll delve into Hoosier Park as some of our uh, remotes get close to the Hoosier Pacing Derby. And of course, the uh, big breeder's crown. Boy, can't wait for that. Two days of fun Friday and Saturday. We'll be there. You can hear all the action right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. But a cheap plug, uh, we're getting ready to start and about an hour and a half here at Harris Philly at 1240. And for Harris Philly analysis today, you can also log on to the website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, and head to the Handicapper's Corner. We're uh, going to be trying to do a lot of new stuff with the website. Certainly we'll keep it locked in and uh, absolutely be locked in on our social media pages as you could uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Game Pruitt is up next. We're going to talk a little Kentucky Sires thanks on the other side of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. The Kentucky Sires Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sires Stinks includes two- and three-year-old Pacers and Trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program embroidery unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery screen printing and promotional products our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none we focus on quality and customer service 
For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with uh, Mike Carter. And uh, right now we're joined by our guy, Gabe Pruitt. Now, Gabe, I'm looking here at the uh, standings. And even though that big losing streak by the Dodgers, they are still <laughs> way up. You know, see. Mike, I, I, that losing streak is far in the rearview mirror. We are now on a winning streak, I will have you know, uh, as we won again <laughs> last night uh, over the Giants. Yeah, I do. Well, you're 94 and 52. You've got it safely packed away, even though the last 10 you went two and eight. But yeah, you've got the streak of two. And you know what? In, in, in all honesty, but in all honesty, if if you want to get the kinks out and if you want to get a losing streak, this is the time to do it. It's better now than in a couple of weeks or a month from now. No question. And you know what? As good as they were playing, um, you know, not to sound crazy, but I mean, they they were getting to the point where you just expected them to win every single time they stepped on the field, and I'm sure even in their own minds, uh, we're seeming to get uh, somewhat invincible, and uh, that should have served as a good wake up call. You know what? Uh, you got to show up every every night. All right, go ahead, Mike. Take hey, it hey, away. Hey, li- hey, hey, listen, Gabe. Not everybody can have uh, winning streaks like us. That's all I'm saying. No, okay? you know, you got 20 more until you get to uh, until you get to our town, there, buddy. No, do they do they still play baseball time, in the American League? Wow! All right, buddy. What's going on? How's Kentucky? Uh, how's Kentucky? First off, and uh, how are uh, how are things going? Uh, Sire stakes wise. Well, things are going well. We are all looking forward to this uh, this weekend, guys. Closing weekend. We've got tight races in our trainer standings. We've got tight races in our driver standings, and uh, we've got just a couple of overnight cards uh, beginning tonight, then back on Saturday night. And of course, we're all looking forward to that uh, blockbuster card, the Kentucky Sire Stakes Championships on Sunday night. We've got the remnants uh, of Hurricane Irma in uh, town tonight. Uh, a little chilly. A little. The rain showers have been here the last couple of days, but it's really going to uh, to move out. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful weekend uh, and a beautiful night Sunday for those Sire Stakes uh, Championships. I have spoken to the race office. It looks like that they're going to be the first eight races on the card. I know we're going to have 15 races total on that card, uh, so we'll likely add in a uh, late pick four. We may even uh, spice up the early pick four guarantee a bit. So those things we're going to be deciding this afternoon. But uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a great night. Well, Gabe, you have to tell my friend uh, Tom Augusti, uh, who just happens to be the race secretary there. He's doing one heck of a job to be able to get uh, 15 races uh, anywhere 
Uh, nowadays, it's uh, not that easy, that's for sure. But let's dive into this Kentucky Fire Stakes uh, program. And uh, the two-year-old Colt Trotters, Wolfgang has absolutely been a dominant force, but so is Dawson Springs, Gabe. Both have won two of three legs of the Kentucky Sire Stakes, and they're currently atop the point standings with Wolfgang being number one. You know, Wolfgang, set of my MVP, first crop there. Uh, very nice talent to Trotter. He's just been very consistent. He's got tactical speech. I don't really think it matters where he draws. We're going to know that soon, literally within the next hour. This draw will be out for Sunday night. Dawson Springs has gotten hot at the right time. He made a break at like three to five guys when he first got here. The first leg of the Sire Stakes, completely out of it. He came back one in leg two, came back one in leg three. So he is certainly taking a liking to the red clay. And he's peaking at the right time heading into this uh, final on Sunday night. Now, Gabe, the next event we're going to talk about is the two-year-old affiliate trotters. And talk about another competitive division here. You have two horses atop the leaderboard standings who have won two legs of the Kentucky Sire Stakes. And in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh place, Gabe, you have horses that have won at least one division. Nixie Volo and Lily Stride definitely uh, look to be uh, the top two fillies in the two-year-old trotting division. Yeah, the wealth has been spread out. We've had three divisions of these two-year-old Philly Trotters each and every time, so the wins have been spread out uh, to a degree there, Mike. But in my opinion, the point standing is a little deceptive. A Philly by the name of Lily Stride, she did not show up for the first leg. Uh, for whatever reason, she had raced in the uh, Jim Dartery there on Hamiltonian Day, just decided to take some, uh, some time off. But she has raced twice with us, leg two, leg three. She has been completely under wraps. Uh, in both of those efforts. So if you're looking for the Gabe Pruitt slam dunk single of the night, uh, Lily Stride seems to really be at the head of the class in those two-year-old Philly Trotters. Now you could almost single the next horse that we're going to talk about, Gabe, but uh, there's a tie atop, atop the standings in the two-year-old Colt Pace, and it's Grand Teton and Key Advisor. These two have been going at each other week in, week out. First it was Grand Teton, then it was Key Advisor, then it went back to uh, – both of them winning a division. Now they come back for the final. This could be one of the best races of the night. You know, I think so, Mike. And, and they've been very close both times. I believe a neck has separated these Colts when they traded punches, essentially, in the first two legs. Last time they drew opposite of each other, they easily beat their uh, divisions uh, in just uh, runaway wins. So I think that uh, a couple of very well-bred uh, Colts uh, there and Grand Teton Key Advisor uh, one's uh, a half-brother, a Grand Teton, a pure country. Key advisor, a well-bred son of some beach somewhere. So they are really heading towards a, a showdown here on Sunday night. Uh, we're all looking forward to that. There's some other nice Colts in there as well uh, that uh, if one of those stubbed their toe, they could be right there as well. But those two Colts certainly going to be the two favorites in that two-year-old Colt pace here on Sunday night. The two-year-old Philly pace uh, is the next division we'll talk about, Gabe. And talk about a single in band stand. It has won three of three divisions as a perfect score of 150 points. Uh, but you also have horses like Pure Paradise, who has won two of three legs. And another horse, Hurricane Empress, has really started to come on over the last couple of weeks. You know, Mike, you are 100% right. I think Bandstand is going to be a big favorite. I'm thinking one to five, two to five. She's undefeated. She's got all three of those sire stakes legs she ripped through. She won an overnight here prior to that, so she's actually four for four in her career for Trader Tony Alanya. And listen, she hasn't done a thing wrong. She's a daughter of a rock and roll dance, part of that stellar first crop of a rock and roll dance. But I think maybe we might be able to take a swing against this filly. 
uh, in terms of maybe the multi-race exotics because Pure Paradise is a filly that is really rounded the corner here for Trader Brian Brown. She actually won handy at even a faster time than Bandstand last week at the opposite division. So I really was impressed by that effort. And the other filly you mentioned, Hurricane Empress, was uh, had a bit of traffic trouble. She had to angle out three and four wide down the stretch. She was surging at Bandstand. I believe at the end of the day she was beating less than a length there. So I think maybe these two fillies uh, you're going to get a, a, some value with them. There's no question because Bandstand is going to be in the neighborhood of a very, very short there. So I think you're going to get at least four or five to one on anyone else. And uh, I think potentially these two fillies can hang around and be close. Gabe, the three-year-old Colt Trotters, this has been a division that's been kind of light. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, kind of a short field-wise. There's ten horses that are qualified. I'm assuming you guys are going ten noses on the gate. And Starlight Oz has two straight victories against, uh, against the, assuming the first two legs. Stanford and Hidden Creek, though, have both been around. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think uh, maybe you could provide a little bit of an upset with uh, either one of them. Yes, Starlight Eyes, a, a bit of a tricky horse to trust. Now, he has added hobbles here locally, and uh, he won an overnight in between the Sire Stakes final that's going to come up as well because the three-year-olds, as we know, only had the two legs. So he actually did race here at an overnight. Annette Lorenzen is our leading trainer, guys. She's got 13 wins of the meet. She trains Starlight Eyes. Uh, Tony Alanya, who's going to be power-packed on Sunday night, he's currently our second leading trainer. He's got 11 wins. So we're going to have a tight race right down at the wire. And a horse like Starlight Eyes can make all the difference, uh, 175000 on the line. He's going to be the big favorite. And if he minds his manners, seems to be at the head of that class. Three-year-old Philly Trotters is the next division we'll talk about, Gabe. And this is kind of a wide-open division, if you ask me. Uh, Almondi Oz has the most points uh, as Cassandra Oz is in second. But Shay's victory, Gabe, is probably the point. This is one of those where the points are kind of misleading a little bit. There's only been two legs. But Shay's victory has been more the more consistent of the three horses. I think Shay's victory could show up at uh, potentially uh, four or five to one. I think you're right, Mike, and that's the key. She's been consistent. She trots every single week. She pretty much uh, typically goes to the lead or sits very close, and she's been right there. And if a Lorenzen trainee, she comes with a two-pronged attack here, Almondi Oz and Cassandra Oz, they both have tons of ability, Mike, but they've been inconsistent. They've made breaks from time to time, uh, and, and just uh, quite frankly, Almondi Oz was a bit flat in her last start. So well, that's going to be interesting. Those three really seem to stand out again. Lorenzen's uh, two fillies. Shay's victory, you know, interesting enough, she's a defending Kentucky Sire Stakes champ, Mike. If you missed the party last year, you're going to uh, get a much shorter price this time around because she was almost 50-1 to 1 when she won the Sire Stakes here last uh, year. So you never know what's going to happen in these finals. Uh, I agree with you. You're probably going to get four or five to one, but uh, the party at 50-1 to one is well over at this point. The three-year-old Colt Pacers is the next division we'll talk about. There's only one horse in here that's got a shot, and that's V-Power. Nobody else in this field has a chance except for V-Power, okay? V-Power's won two divisions, and listen, there's some horse named Mount Sterling Mafia that's finished second. I don't know who this horse thinks he is, but somebody named Gabe Pruitt owns the thing. That's the one for the home team. If we're rooting for the home team on uh, Sunday night, guys, uh, we are rooting for Mount Strong Mafia. Now, interestingly enough, I did check in to see uh, on some of these uh, divisions, I believe we have full fields of 10 in each of the two-year-old races. There's only five of these three-year-old Colt Pacers coming back. So I believe this is going to be the first race of the night. It's going to be a short field. But you know what? V-Power, hats off to him. He's the defending champ, Mike. We were actually second to him last year. I think he's won something like eight in a row 
into uh, this event. So, you know, I just hope that we can hang with them. We've been close to the first couple of legs. I think we were beating uh, a length at one point, maybe a half length or a neck at another point. But uh, I believe we've probably hooked up with V-Power something like six times uh, throughout uh, the career of Mount Strong Mafia. I don't think we beat them just yet. So, uh, naturally, with 175000 on the line, I'd like to pick that as the time that we, that we can step up and get it done. But uh, he's still going to have to prove it. All right, Gabe, the three-year-old Nephilia Pacers is probably another one of the very strongly competitive divisions. You have three horses who have won uh, a leg, you know, in one week or the next. You also have two more horses underneath that have finished second in absolutely best in Peekaboo Love. This is a uh, very wide-open affair. I think it's one of the more wide-open uh, sire stakes events. Everyone thought the two-year-olds may be the more wide-open because of full fields and so many horses eligible. But we're going to see some heavy favorites in those two-year-old events, quite frankly. This three-year-old Philly Pace, you know, it's still under the old rules, guys, with the Kentucky Stallions. But these Phillies are ultra-competitive. We saw a wild finish when they hooked up in the second leg. There were literally like five Phillies across the track, separated by less than a length. The really big disappointment in leg two guys, the Philly Almar got a fever. Now, she actually raced uh, earlier. Uh, the name has escaped me at the moment, but it was one of the top three-year-old Philly paces back earlier in the year, uh, I believe in maybe June at, at uh, Woodbine or Mohawk there. So she has some experience. I believe the Fan Hanover, in fact, uh, with 300 some thousand on the line. She made the final. She was actually second uh, in the elimination and behind Idyllic Beach. So she's actually got some Grand Circuit Stakes uh, experience. She came second over as a big favorite in that second leg with uh, Dave Pallone on the bike. Just was empty, quite frankly, so I'm not really sure what to make of that. I know she's a better filly than that. That's actually who I would uh, come back and give the edge to, but she's actually third in the point standings. But, again, wide open group. You could really make a case for any number of these fillies, one through uh, at least eight, maybe nine and ten even. So that's going to be a great uh, event. We're looking forward to that one as well. All right, Gabe. Well, you guys have an action-packed card coming up on the Sunday. Uh, good luck coming up in uh, the races this weekend, and also good luck to uh, your horse as well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Hopefully everyone will tune in and join us Sunday night uh, for the big card. All right, that's uh, Gabe Pruitt from the Red Mile, Mike. And talk about a stellar card they have coming up on a Sunday, a stakes-laden program, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of great racing out there in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and we certainly appreciate Game Pruitt breaking it down for us. Uh, a lot of great racing in a lot of different places here. A big week of harness racing uh, in a lot of different places, so make sure you visit a track near you. Well, Mike Carter, you got to get out of here, my friend. Now, where are you at right now? <laughs> I am at the Guernsey County Fair in Old Washington, Ohio. So uh, I'm about an hour and a half south of Cleveland, and uh, about maybe 45 minutes or so from the Kentucky line, and uh, we're going to call us uh, some fair races and uh, have a good time. All right. Well, listen, if anybody's in the vicinity of uh, – where is it? Old Washington? It's in Old Washington. It's in Guernsey, Ohio. Uh, come on out and uh, join us. We're in Guernsey County. Uh, we got a crowd of about 350 people yesterday, Mike, so a uh, pretty big crowd. They bet some pretty good money, so come out and see us. And if uh, you're in the area, swing by and see me and say hello. All right, Mike. Go have fun, my friend. Thanks, bro.
our good friend Mike Carter, and uh, he's working hard for a living out of the affair. If you're in the vicinity of old Washington, Ohio, certainly give him a visit. We've got lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, our good friend Garnett Barnesdales of the On Deck Circle. We're going to talk a little bit about handicapping, get inside of his head a little bit, see some of the things that he looks for when he's handicapping a race. Plus, our good friend Darren Gagne will be joining us as well in the Run Against This segment. So you're going to want to tune in for that. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, it's Garnett Barnesdale on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old Pacers and Trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as racing resumes on Friday, September 8th for two weekends of live harness racing action. Then Thoroughbred Racing begins on Friday, October 6th, 2017 and runs through November 11th, 2017. Then harness racing will resume on Friday, November 17th and run through the end of the year. For more information, simulcast schedule and more, visit PlayMeadowlands.com. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. We've got Garnett Barnesdale uh, in the on deck circle. But first, Garnett, before we get to you, we do want to remind everybody that available at the Hamiltonian.com gift shop are some great, great merchandise for the uh, Hoosier Park Breeders Crown coming up. Some really nice stuff, so make sure you visit Hamiltonian.com, go to the gift shop, and uh, take a look at some of the really nice offerings they have, all in preparation of the Breeders' Crown coming up at Hoosier Park. Right now, let's uh, talk to uh, our good friend Garnet Barnsdale. Garnet, we appreciate you joining us, my friend. How are you? I'm great. I can't think of a better way of taking a break from my nine to five job than to talk harness racing with you guys. <laughs> Absolutely, no question about it. But you know, but let's talk a little bit about. Now we had Rich Matei on last week. We uh, this is a segment called Inside Handicapping, where we try to get inside of the mind of uh, some of the really good handicappers out there and and how they structure their tickets, how they wager, some of the things that they look for when they first open up a program page. And Garnett, that's going to be the opening question I have for you. When you open up a program page, what is the some of the first couple things that you look for upon the uh, uh, glancing at it? I mean, if you're following a circuit pretty closely like I have to, I I don't I don't really have a choice. I have to follow the Mohawk Woodbine circuit because I'm obviously I'm the public handicapper for GRF Harness, and I want to have a somewhat informed opinion. You you should kind of have a program in your head, really. Um, when you if you're following if you're following the circuit close enough, when you open the program and see horses' names, you should sort of have a memory of of where they've been and what they've been up to. And and one of the things I, I try to spot out or or try to anticipate is maybe something I know about a horse that other people don't because in a paramutual game, the name of the game is beating your opponent and, you know, creating value. So 
maybe something about a horse, um, some kind of equipment change that's worked in the past, or a, a barn change. And I'll give you, I'll give you just an example. Like when horses, uh, horses come from uh, Quebec, uh, Three Rivers, and uh, switch out from Eve's Spillion to uh, Stefan Larocque's barn. In almost all cases, they're live. And I've, I've seen a certain mare, Wanda Bayama, win uh, more than once on that on that uh, specific barn change. So. Remembering that from the previous year when the horse started out in Quebec and had some lines that maybe don't look too like obvious to, to uh, identify a sharp horse, um, I remember the year before that she won off the similar scenario. So things, things like that will repeat, and the general public won't know these kind of things. So I'm, I'm always trying to look for something that my opponent or you know the, the masses don't, won't be on top of, which I think is an advantage, I guess. Garnett, when you're handicapping a race, and it's a good point that you bring up about it being paramutual. I think a lot of times people lose sight of the fact that, you know, hey, when we're sitting out there gambling, I'm gambling against you, and you're gambling against me. I mean, it's 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 you versus the other guy or gal. But when you see a horse that you feel confident beforehand is going to be bet that you feel confident beforehand that may even be the favorite. And you look and see, and it's the, it's the famous terminology that he's bored dead where he doesn't get bet for some reason, or a horse that you think should be two to one or five to two is sitting at seven, eight or nine to one. Do you take that into consideration? I do, but for the most part, um, you know, generally you're, you're hoping for a price when you bet a horse. So, um, I'm not a big believer in following the money or dead on the board in these cases because, you know, for every case where somebody uh, somebody tweets out, oh, the, you know, the public do something there, I can point you into 20 or 30 cases where the horse was bet down for no specific obvious reason and the horse is nowhere. So um, I'm not a, I'm not a huge believer in that. I mean, obviously, if you think the horse is going to be eight to five and it's going off at ten to one, it might raise a little bit of a red flag. But if the horse is you think is going to be eight to five and it's going off at seven to two. Maybe you should bet more. Garnett, let's talk a little bit about uh, structuring tickets, uh, pick fours and pick fives. And obviously that is, that is, uh, seemed to be a lot of your go-to bets. I know you love pick fours and pick fives and, and pick threes for that matter. When you get down and dirty with a pick four, what are some of your strategies that you look uh, for in the sequence? I, uh, I try to look um, – one of the things I try to look for is, is bad morning lines. And what I mean by that is um, – Horses that are uh, identified as, you know, one of the top morning line horses, maybe two to one or five to two, that I absolutely hate. And when I say hate, nothing personal against the horse. I mean from a handicapping perspective, of course. Um, and to look to beat those horses and or if there's a horse I really like that I saw something maybe last week that identified the horse is sharp and probably going to improve. And if it's a, a high number in the morning line, um, you know, maybe go ahead and take a shot and single that horse and spread in other legs. And that's how you can get really big scores sometimes. Because most of the general public, um, there's a certain level of comfort with them using lower morning line horses, thinking they have a better chance, right? So I, I, I try to look for that. I mean, obviously, I like to try and single my top selections, as, as you know, probably as a lot of people do. But I've noticed recently that uh, many of my bigger scores have come where I may only, I may only be as low as two deep in some races, and you just happen to get lucky and beat every favorite in the four race sequence, like the. You know, I hit a $6,000 pick four on a 60-cent bet at uh, Hastings Parks a, a couple of weeks ago, and there's only really one long shot in the sequence. So, um, you know, beating favorites is the key. If you can beat all four favorites, it doesn't even matter if you have four second choices. You're going you're gonna to hit pretty good. 
And that was a discussion that uh, I think we both chimed in on on Facebook about uh, some of the lower pools uh, maybe leading to lower payoffs. And I know and, and I agree with you. I do not believe that that is the case at all. And as a matter of fact, a lot of times in small pools, you can get huge value by just playing the favorites. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I've made some of my biggest scores in smaller pools. Um, the first time I ever took an entire pool was at Fort Erie in 1992. Believe it or not, I can remember that 25 years ago. Um, it was a pick three pool, and the payoff was 3,700, and I was the only winner. And uh, I've done it a couple times on on place pick alls. Believe it or not, that paid between three and four thousand dollars. So, you know, I, I, the general consensus seems to be don't bet into small pools, but sometimes you get lucky and you take the whole pool, and you're pretty happy walking away from the window when you cash. Oh, that's right. You take you taking a whole pool down, and in at a track of bigger pools, you you probably wouldn't have come close to taking a whole pool down because obviously there's just so many more live tickets out there. But Garnett, we do want to get to a couple of races at Mohawk, but real quick, uh, one last thing as far as handicapping goes, we talked to Rich Matei about this last week about overrated and underrated angles. What do you think the general public overrates the most when they took take a look at a, a horse's past performances? Um, well, there's one thing, you know, driver choice, um, I, I think sometimes gets overrated. I think, uh, you know, there's certain reasons why drivers stick with specific horses. Sometimes it's loyalty to barns so they can get drive later and stuff like that. And maybe it's not necessarily an indication that they always think they're taking the better horse. I don't, I don't put a lot of stock into that myself. Um, I'd love to see some stats on that. I don't know if anybody ever keeps stuff like that, but that would be one of them. Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but that's one that I've always kind of not really looked at that closely in, in most cases. All right. Let's take a look at a couple of these races at the Mohawk real quick, Garnett, before we let you go. Obviously it's a huge card coming up on Saturday and we'll start with the very biggest one, Garnett, the Maple Leaf Trot. You've got a great field there uh, with uh, a lot of, uh, familiar names, obviously, Pasithea Face, Hanalore Hanover, J.L. Cruz, Homicide Hunter, just some great, great uh, horses in there that will be vying for a very big purse in that three-year-old and older trot. Anybody that maybe sneaks under the radar there that we can take a look at? Well, I'm, I'm actually hoping uh, Pasithea Face sneaks under the radar because she only finished fifth in, in her limb. Um, I bet her last week, hoping that she might leave. And when she left seventh out of seven, I didn't have much hope for uh, cashing my ticket, but I'll tell you what, she had she had plenty of trot turning for home, and uh, she was on the inside and, and tried to swing out, and a horse that was outside of her kind of came in at the same time and forced her back in, and she got into a bit of a blind switch for a couple seconds and, and just barely made the final. But, you know, I mean, we saw her on, on, on uh, Hamiltonian Day easily handle handle or Hanover when she moved first up on her. So, uh, you know, if you're gonna, if handle or Hanover is going to be 3-5 to five and you're going to get 3 or 4-1 to one and pass the face, moving to a much better post, and you know teacher's going to put this horse into the race uh, on Saturday night. That That's the one I'm looking for, man. I might even single her in the pick four and, and gamble a little bit there. And, of course, the Canadian trotting classic for the three-year-olds going for a purse of $684,000. And, obviously, Garnett, a lot of familiar names. I mean, we did the Hambletonian. You've got Bill's man, Dover Dan, international money, long Tom, and, of course, a horse that <laughs> will not be forgotten very soon. What the Hill, who uh, certainly caused a lot of havoc and controversy in the, uh, oh, yeah. the Hambletonian itself. But this is just a great wide-open race. And, obviously, ever since Walner has uh, been out with the injury. This division has really been up for grabs and wide open. Absolutely. Um, 
I mean, you could make a case for several in here. And, you know, I mean, even Long Tom that we didn't mention was second is the limb to Dover Den. Um, you know, seven and seven uh, had an improved race. He's got McNair driving him for the third time. I look for what the hell to rebound. I think he probably needed that race. He was off, uh, you know, five weeks. Um, he only lost by three quarters of a length. Still trotted his final quarter in 27 and four. Bill's man was very impressive. He, uh, he didn't actually get into gear until like the last 16th. And then he really kind of flew home on a horse. I, I might be looking probably to bet against again is international money. I didn't, I wasn't really that impressed with his win in the Simcoe. And uh, last week he came back and he was, you know, he's kind of a little bit sluggish in the stretch. Went off a three to five, uh, two weeks ago, one to two last week. If he's one of the favorites, I'd probably might be looking to try to beat him out of the exactor. And, you know, I'm not saying he can't beat me, but, uh, from, from to the eye, I, I kind of didn't like what I saw in those two starts. So maybe, maybe he's getting, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he's a little bit off form. All right. Once again, Garnett, we know you got to get back to business. We'll let you go. But uh, if they want to follow your picks, uh, if and obviously it's available at DRF. Where can they find them? Yeah, there's uh, the DRF Harness page. Um, if you if you uh, log onto the page, you'll see uh, a link there to follow the picks. If we got time, I just want to mention one more horse I've kind of been following. Sure. Uh, in the Metro Elim uh, in race six, there's a horse I've been following called Twinby Tough Enough, who had two horrendous trips in the Nassau way. Uh, uh, he was fifth over turning for home, got beat two lengths for the final quarter of 26 and four. He was 11th at the quarter. And uh, last week, uh, more of the same, you know, eighth, ninth at the half by nine and a half lengths. Um, the back half went in 54 and three, and uh, he picked up uh, almost six lengths. So, you know, from where I was standing, I don't know if you notice where I stand, but I stand just a little bit past the wire when I go to Mohawk. Uh, this horse was absolutely raging with pace when they passed the wire, but Obviously, you can't be uh, nine, eight lengths behind the three quarters when they're coming home in 27. So I'm hoping that uh, Brett Miller uh, uses this horse a little bit to get position. He's got the seven hole, which is a little bit better this week. And I'm also hoping he doesn't get bet too heavily, but I'm not too sure about that. I mean, anybody that's been watching this horse, I think is going to stick with him. So that's one maybe to look at. It wouldn't be tough enough in uh, race six, a Metro Olympic. All right, beautiful. Well, you heard it here first. Garnett, listen, we certainly appreciate it, my friend. Best of luck to you on Saturday. And believe me, all you listeners out there, do yourself a favor and follow Garnett's picks. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. Garnett, good stuff, my friend. Thanks, Mike. If I don't talk uh, beforehand, see you at the Breeders' Crown. You got it, buddy. All right, that was Garnet Barnsdale. And speaking of the Breeders' Crown, we urge each and every one of you out this time to head over to Hambletonian.com. And I'll tell you what, uh, you can go to the gift shop there. It's an online gift shop, and they've got some great Hoosier Park Breeders' Crown merchandise available at uh, very reasonable prices, some really good stuff. Once again, head over there now. It's Hambletonian.com. Check out some of the Breeders' Crown uh, that they have to offer, of course, the Breeders' Crown. Coming up in the not-too-distant future, and we're going to be there for all the action, myself along with Mike Carter. We're going to have a whole host of people there. Garnet Bonsdale is going to be there, uh, Rich Matei, Taylor Johnston, Jess Scott, and, of course, our good friend Mike Carter. And uh, we'll all be there giving you great coverage of the Breeders' Crown. Once again, that's coming up uh, Friday and Saturday towards the end of October. Like us on uh, Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and, of course, keep an eye on post time with Mike and Mike.com, especially our new handicappers corner segment where uh, you still got about a half, uh, about an hour, actually 1240 start. You can find uh, today's Harris Philadelphia analysis on the new handicappers corner section of the website. Again, it's post time with Mike and Mike.com. Without further ado, it's time for our running aces segment. Our good friend, Darren Gagne 
Uh, we'll talk about the meet wrapping up at Running Aces. Without further ado, the golden tones of Darren Gagne. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, Run. Aces.com. Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces in beautiful Minnesota, and we just wrapped up another big week of live harness racing action here at the track, and that all started back on Saturday night, September 9th, when the featured event was the $13,000 Minnesota Sired Open Trotting event for four-year-olds and up would prove to be an exciting contest right down to the wire. Whatever she's got getting the job done uh, at the wire first in that mile. But Doug's hobby horse and driver Luke Plano flying off the gate wings from the far outside post eight to secure the front running position early and control the fractions. Whatever she's got with veteran rainsman Mooney Swenson in the bike, leaving alertly from the center of the gate, post five, to lay claim to the pocket seat behind the leader. Plano and Doug's hobby horse commanded affairs through the fractional times at 28-3, 58-2, and 127-1, while facing a strong first over bid from Almar Riva Babe with J.D. Yoder in the bike around the final turn and into the lane. But as they straightened away, it was whatever she's got who fired through the inside lane and Mooney Swenson and whatever she's got getting up for the victory to pull the upset in the $13,000 Minnesota hired four-year-old and up open trot feature on Saturday night. Whatever she's got paying $20 even to win on a $2 wager and stopping the timer in 157 flat, a neck on top over Doug's hobby horse in second, and Almar Riva Babe, who was home in third. Whatever she's got, owned and trained by Jenny King, and once again driven victory by the general, Mooney Swenson. Also on Saturday night's program, Steve's Hot Rod rolled to another gate-to-wire win in the three-year-old Minnesota Sired Pacing event for $13,000. Steve's Hot Rod, fresh off of his track record performance from the week before in 151-4. and four. Another sharp gate-to-wire win this evening from post one, stopping the clock in 153 flat. Pretty much never in doubt in the mile, Rick McGee, trainer-driver in the bike for Steve's Hot Rod, who's owned by Katie Sokolowski, the impressive of winner is a gelding by Voracious Hanover. He's now won five races in 16 starts this year and bankrolled about $36,000. On Saturday night, drivers Rick McGee and Steve Wiseman both picked up driving doubles on the program. Steve Wiseman had a 13-race uh, lead as the current leading driver after Saturday night's program with Nick Rowland in second. And Kathy Plestad Wiseman, after Saturday night's card, had a five-race winning uh, lead over Nick Rowland in second for leading trainer. So on the Sunday night program at Running Aces, best in the business. Picked up another very impressive Running Aces victory. He's had a great season at Running Aces since arriving a couple of months ago. Best in the business took the $12,000 Sunday Aces feature. It was the open handicap pacing event for horses and geldings. 
And it was a very good battle. At the word go, Lodi Machete Man and Dean McGee and the bike left fast from the gate and took the early command, posting 27 and 4 and 56 and 4 for the early fractions before facing a strong challenge from the eventual winner, Best in the Business, with J.D. Yoder and the Sulky. Best in the Business surged from third to the front, clearing at the entry to the far turn, leaving Ragin's flight with Steve Wiseman and the bike uncovered and attacking first over at 124 and 3 at the three quarter pole. Fire Drake and Nick Rowland advancing second over from the back of the pack, and SF Don't Tell On Me with Rick McGee was also improving third over in the flow. But as the field straightened away for home, best in the business dug in and paced away from the field to post a two length win. 27 and 4 final quarter for best in the business to stop the timer in 152 and 2 over SF Don't Tell On Me in second, and Fire Drake finishing third. Best in the business, nine-year-old Michigan-bred pacer out of another mile, owned by his breeder Brett Boyd Racing, trained by Gene Miller. This impressive pacer has won 39 lifetime races now, 97 top three finishes and 138 starts, and has earned $376,920. Also on Sunday, the... $13,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old trotting event went to post. And the Philly, Ed Storman Money, delivered another win as the favorite. $13,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old trot in 201 flat goes to Ed Storman Money once again, paying $5.20 to win. Steve Wiseman in the sulky for trainer Brady Jensen, owner Bryce Jensen. And uh, Ed Storm Money, very, very sharp on the track and posted this victory by five and three-quarter lengths. Second win of the season for It's Stormin' Money in the $13,000 two-year-old trot on Sunday. In that contest, Almar Foxy Eclipse and Dean McGee in second, with Almar Money Glide picking up third position. On Sunday's program, driver James J.D. Yoder posted a very impressive sweep of the final four races on the card to complete his first Grand Slam at running aces. Talented 23-year-old has been proving himself to be an up-and-coming young driver with great potential. He's had now uh, over 15 nights of multiple driving wins here at running aces this season. Four wins on the card on Sunday night, sweeping the late pick four, and it also vaulted him from fifth to fourth in the leading driver standings. Steve Wiseman also picked up a driving double on Sunday's program. And then on Tuesday night at the track, just completed the Tuesday night program here at Running Aces, and the feature on the card, as always, the Mayor's Open Pace on Tuesday night, and it was another edition of the Kiss on the Lips show as she once again paced gate to wire for a very impressive victory in the feature on Tuesday night in 153-4, her third consecutive win at the top open level for pacing Mayor. She's also won six out of her last seven races. Driver Nick Rowland sending Kiss on the Lips right to the lead from the outside post and controlling everything, orchestrating a perfect drive, setting some very, very soft fractions for Kiss on the Lips, 28-2, 58 flat, 126 and 4. Plenty left in the tank for Kiss on the Lips to kick home in 27 seconds flat and make it look easy at the wire, a winner by a length and a half in 153 and 4. Kiss on the Lips owned by Peg Hoffman, trained by John Rogers, and once again driven to the victory by Nick Rowland. Also on Tuesday evening, it was the 
Very nice uh, trotting event, condition upper level trot for $7,000, and it was another notch for C.W. Raisinette, who also made it six wins in the last seven starts with a victory in 156 and four, equaling her lifetime mark on Tuesday evening. C.W. Raisinette with Steve Wiseman in the sulky, uh, leaving away from the gate from post one and floating out easily to get away in third position, sweeping to the lead just past the quarter-mile pole. Then facing stiff competition from Stablemate, uh, One Chief, also from the Wiseman Barn. One Chief giving a big battle to C.W. Raisinette around the final turn. In fact, uh, One Chief took the lead, probably led for about a sixteenth of a mile. But as they straightened away for home, C.W. Raisinette kicked in very gainly. 28-2 final quarter to get the win by a length and a half. Over One Chief in second, Frankie Provolone closing for third with Dean McGee in the bike. C.W. Raisinette and driver Steve Wiseman. Taking a very nice win at 156 and 4 in the upper level condition trotting event on a Tuesday evening. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up this weekend at Running Aces, closing night on Saturday, September 16th, it's the Night of Champions. We will be crowning all the Minnesota Sired champions in the state for 2017 as we close out a fantastic season of live harness racing this Saturday night. First race post time, 6 p.m. Central. Mandatory payouts in all wagers at Running Aces this Saturday night. Again, it's our final night of live racing this Saturday, post time, 6 p.m., Night of Champions. Estimated purses well over $300,000. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, Run Aces. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. 
And we're back to wrap this thing up on Post Time with Mike and Mike once again. If you're uh, interested in Harris Philadelphia analysis, make sure you check out our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Click the Handicappers Corner and uh, to analyze uh, today's races, or at least some of today's races, on the card here at Harris Philadelphia starting at 1240. Make sure you check it out. It's a brand-new addition to our website. It's Handicappers Corner. And uh, we'll be hearing from a lot of different handicappers they analyze uh, racetracks across the country. Special thanks to all of our guests, and of course, you, the listeners, will be back next Thursday with a little brown junk special and our town hall with the U.S. team president. See you next week. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know. Take me home, take me home.